0: Hello, welcome.
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys,
0: welcome. I'm not this saying is... this title because it's stupid. Okay,
1: no, it's okay. That's okay. So I guess uh, hello and welcome to the uh, the first official podcast of or first official episode of the uh, Popcorn Pillow Talk podcast, baby. This is it. Uh, I feel like the uh, the title might be pending for now, but I, I it, it the PPP. Grew on me. I wasn't thinking about PPP, <laughs> but like I mean, it was I was kind of cozy. I was sitting on it. I yeah, thought yeah. about it for a little bit. I thought it was kind of cute. How, how uh, much thought
0: did you put into it?
1: uh probably I mean, more enough. more thought than i put into like making breakfast in the morning which i haven't eaten in about three months so no. come
0: on, you, <laughs> you, gotta get on the, you gotta get on that yogurt and granola train that's what i i uh,
1: i would but i don't get up any earlier than about noon right now so <laughs> <laughs> wait
0: no but you can still have you still have breakfast because breakfast is your first meal of the day it doesn't I have g- to be at like seven in the morning
1: I'm a I'm a pleb and I'll call it brunch before I, I sucker down and call it breakfast again. <laughs> I am gonna enjoy all my 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 little uh, courtesies I get in my in my, in my morning routine. Uh, but anyway, we're a uh, we're a podcast that kind of deals with uh, with talking about movies uh, in all different facets and, and capacities. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: we kind of we we talk about uh, film filmmaking. And about specific films. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Uh, my name is Declan,
1: and my name is Richard,
0: and yeah. we're people who make films.
1: Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> again, it's kind of a test run because it's the first episode. But it definitely feels like something we're kind of going to evolve over time. We're gonna trial and error a few different types of segments that we want to play with and. I mean, just topics that we want to go over because there's a lot of podcasts that deal with like, oh, this is a film review or this is just some people blabbing about like what they thought of the Avengers movie after they came out of the theater or this is a person talking about like just topical news. So this is just going to be like a very, at first, a very generalist approach to kind of what's going on in the in the world of, of cinema and and so on and so forth. And, and TV shows. I, sh- I should also like. Yeah, yeah. Say, well, like, there's, most there's so most TV shows take yeah. on
0: so many of the applications of cinema, and film now. Anyway, there's barely any barrier between film and TV other than the length now. So, so in this first episode, we're gonna we're gonna talk about three th- main things. We're gonna talk about film news, filmmaking news, and then we're gonna talk about some films that we've been watching. Well in this uh quarantined period of our lives
1: yeah so yes yeah, so i guess uh, let's so get starting to with it. the film news <laughs> uh
0: this is not really my area of expertise because richard is possibly the biggest movie nerd that i know so you actually know what's going on in the world and i don't <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, well, what I usually do, we kind of go between a whole bunch of different headlines. Like uh, I follow a different like a, a plethora of, of media outlets like IMDb, IndieWire, ScreenRant, uh, Variety. There's a few other ones. I think there's like movie MovieReel. Uh, sometimes I'll check into the like the Netflix Media Center for stuff. Uh, and Wait, Netflix has
0: a media center?
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk about that right now. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's something else for another day. Um, but like, I'll I'll, I'll kind of keep in touch with like different uh, facets of uh, of media news, just to kind of see what's kind of going on. A lot of them overlap, which is great. But uh, there's 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 a lot of stuff going on. Who who would have thunk that during a pandemic, people will still be making six figure deals uh, across the globe and uh, trying to figure out how to maneuver what they're next to. Plan is for for the uh, Upcoming like indiana jones sequels like there's some weird stuff going on right now
0: Yeah, so so tell me a little bit about this because you actually know and I don't so oh, inform me richard
1: Man, there's a lot going on. Uh, one thing I I got going on Uh that I really 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 is close to heart Uh, one of my favorite actors of all time of my boy ryan gosling Uh, he's uh, he's kind of signed on to the dc or the what is it the it's the Universal Monsters Dark Cinematic Universe the DCU if that's a thing or the UDCU something that, like that isn't
0: that isn't that the the thing that Tom Cruise and Mummy and all that sort of stuff
1: yeah I mean something I that a lot of people don't want to talk about because it was like
0: well <laughs> hey but 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 uh, Invisible Man just came out with Elizabeth mm-hmm. Moss and that was very very successful both in box office and in streaming so
1: yeah. Yeah, actually, it it did quite well. Uh, Lee uh, who or Lee Winnell, uh I should say, is uh, most famous for his uh, other film that he made a couple years ago. Upgrade came up with the Invisible Man. Uh, basically, made the invisible. Sorry made the upgrade made the invisible man on a shoestring budget i mean comparatively to what the mummy was uh and uh debuted in theaters was very successful and kind of caught the the covid flu like right off the hop uh and went straight to video on demand like first or second week when it uh when everybody was starting to get sent home uh made a ton of money there uh and a lot of people really enjoyed it it was just kind of like a great little thriller i've seen bits and pieces of it
0: yeah well wasn't it a um it was a blumhouse production wasn't it yeah uh so kind of took some of those it took some of those like really really low budget horror but then utilized the power of universal to be able to make something a bit bigger than what blumhouse would traditionally been able to make
1: exactly exactly and uh i mean when you get universal on your back you've you've got the the distribution that most other studios don't have the uh, the ability to grasp oh Um, yeah so what's what's really interesting is uh they've been kind of toying around with like building on this marvel sorry not marvel i keep thinking the mcu that's what always comes to mind that's that's my issue but but that's
0: what they're trying to copy right they're trying to copy the success of the mcu with whatever properties universal happens to own at the time which i guess is a bunch of old horror films from the 30s
1: yeah exactly and it's like i don't think these necessarily need to come out but they are gonna come out so we'll see how it goes but <laughs> my boy oh. ryan gosling is is <laughs> gonna be the wolfman i guess so that's what we got
0: <laughs> i don't know he'll probably be a pretty good wolfman he's very good in roles where he doesn't have to do a whole lot of talking and i don't yeah. think wolves talk a lot
1: uh, I mean, they howl a little bit, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of right there. They don't really have to talk too much. Yeah. Um, so I'm, so
0: of... I'm, I'm looking in these notes as well. We've got uh, important news coming out. Given what's going on in the world at the moment, it's it's important that, that film and cinema reflect what's going on so netflix hulu amazon hbo uh amc a24 lions who else do we got even youtube all come out in support of the black lives matter movement and in support of the protests and present not presentations um protest and movements and all those sorts of things going on for george floyd and i think that's really important because mm-hmm uh film and cinema reflects the world that we live in back to us in some sense mm-hmm. and i think it's important if you want to help with this issue to actually reflect back the world that they see um like i think that's been something that's been a big problem like going back to like oscars so white was that what was that was the hashtag was and all that sort of stuff
1: a C- couple years ago yeah there was, well it there was, was, was really a... big
0: a couple years ago um uh-huh. it's been i think they've been trying to make it better and i think it's also just the outrage seems to come in waves at times but i think that's something that they i i I hope to see that all of these people then back it up like i think i think netflix and a24 in particular can say that they will support creators and projects that showcase minorities or are made by minorities like netflix has been doing a really good job they have shows like uh dear what's it called dear white people and they just had a show come out which is about a like teenage uh indian girl and i know that that was a big hubbub because the uh girl that plays the lead role is from mississauga and so it was a big hubbub here in canada that she was given this big role so i think netflix has been able to definitely say yeah we've been doing that in a24 with like winning an oscar for moonlight and all that sort of stuff but like it somewhat feels a little bit uh whatever when it's coming from like viacom or warner bros or whatever when you Mm -hmm. see that they haven't really put their money where their mouth is to some sense
1: yeah and i mean to kind of go off that um talking about like independent artists that really represent the the voice of the people that have kind of been at the forefront of this for for quite some time um i mean spike lee first and foremost is probably the one that always comes to mind but uh one that's always he literally
0: he literally just made a short a found footage short film about all the protests going on like he 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 cares and he's been given a voice by certain people um like uh what was the company for black clansman was it a24
1: no 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 no! Uh, you're really testing my knowledge here for a second uh man um but
0: like there have been moments but it always seems like it either has to be like from a really really well respected person like uh spike lee or it has to be on netflix where they'll they'll be willing to give anybody a chance and they know that the audience is willing to give people a chance but like we're still kind of waiting for big big budget uh films and companies to be able to like like look at the response that black panther got like i know there were a lot of memes and jokes made about it because of that response but like it deserved that response because yeah when what when else had there ever been that much um african and black representation and culture put on screen at that scale with that amount of money for that type of audience and i i it it seemed like they went oh cool black panther went well and not like oh maybe we should try to do more of this
1: yeah yeah well that's that's what i was trying to kind of get at was like i mean you, you look at Sp- spike lee's a very 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 undisputed figure i mean his things are very like very personal which is great uh, but uh, even one of the more uh, modern and, and pregnant representation, not that Spike Lee isn't modern, like he's, he's totally out there. He's, he's, he's been here for filmmaking in Hollywood for 30 plus years now, which is crazy. But uh, one of the big stars coming up right now is Ava DuVernay, who has the, the female um, African-American voice. Uh, and she picked up a lot of steam after she made the movie Selma. I think it was in 2015 oh, or 2016, yeah, yeah. but more recently she had a, a, a mini series come out on Netflix, I think about a year ago called when they see us. And I just pulled it up here, but it's, it's about five hours long. So, I mean, it's super binge worthy for anybody that's really interested, but it's about five, uh, five teens from Harlem, uh, that have been kind of, picked on for some reason or put into these unfortunate circumstances because of misappropriation. And uh, it saw a lot of critical acclaim when it first came out. And I think they're commemorating the anniversary of it because it's, I think it just turned a year old about a day or two ago. So at the time of filming this podcast, so I think it was about May 31st, 2019, it came out around that time. So
0: yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Oh, I think there was also another thing that came out that she also made um which was I mean, she's the, all over the place so no uh i think she was t- uh she was the director of uh the 13th which was a netflix documentary film which is about uh like the prison industrial complex in the united states and how it uh massively disproportionately affects african americans and minorities and mm-hmm. like the systematic ways that it's been doing that and so like i think through that you can see that like netflix is trying and making an effort like it still definitely has work to do because we all have work to do uh and it's come it comes down to us to be able to also like put our put our money where our values lie like when these people are given opportunities we got to actually go out and watch them and educate ourselves and everything like that and i think i think one thing that's also kind of nice to be seeing is like I think there used to be this mentality of like, okay, cool. Like that's a film that we need to make a message about. Let's put like a white writer and a white director in charge of telling that story. And now it seems to be changing to like, no, the people who are part of that story need to be able to tell that story. And I think that's something that we need to continue to keep doing.
1: Something that I think everybody should be looking out on the horizon for the uh, the coming weeks. I think it's June 19th. Netflix is distributing their, newest Spike Lee joint, uh, Death Five Bloods, which is about a whole bunch of, uh, what is it, uh, veterans from the Vietnam War that just didn't have their vi- v- voice told from the war and uh, are kind of reliving the consequences of, of fighting in such a terrible thing. So uh, that'll be coming out in a couple weeks and we'll see a lot of steam because of everything that's going on these
0: days so are you drinking um, coffee at nine o'clock at night
1: yeah that's really normal i mean i I go for runs late at night because it's like the (laughs) coldest time of day for me to go out so i don't i don't mind doing it
0: yeah i usually go for bike rides in the middle of the day and it's always weird when i'm passing people on the trails at like 4 p.m and they're going for a run and i'm just like dude it's like 25 degrees out what are you doing Like, I'm I'm on a bike, like, I'm at least going, like, I have, like, a nice breeze, because I'm going, like, 15 kilometers an hour, because I'm on a Mm -hmm. bike. You're running. You're just going to (laughs) sweat.
1: Dude, honestly, running, and I I don't know how people do it.
0: I don't get it either.
1: if if it's dead noon, like, I, Like, you either got to go morning
0: or night. Morning or night when it's not, and even then, like, once it gets into, like, July and August, it's still going to be hell to run at, like, 6 in the morning, even. Oh, I know. It's
1: it's going to blow. But at least you're going to have the benefit of not having to deal with the blinding sunlight. <laughs> you're just like, thank you. I like, got something.
0: You don't want to be blinded by the light? Not at all. All right. We can. So, so filmmaking news. On to that now. Yeah, um What do we got? Well, I guess this is kind of more the area where I'm a bit more familiar. And I think the biggest piece of news because there's not a ton of news coming out because like uh things like nab which is a big uh convention for bringing out new gear and equipment and like a lot of other conventions um i think something that's coming out a lot right now is just the, the the crazy amount of podcasts and live streams and everything happening right now like to the point where i don't even know if you could see all of them like I know one of the big ones that's being talked about a lot right now is Team Deacons, the Team Deacons podcast.
1: My boy, here he comes!
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, I think it's a, a natural continuation from how popular his website got and the the forums there and the information and such that he was giving out on his website. I think it's just a natural continuation for him to now have a podcast now that he has all this amount of time and it's just be it's blown up it's absolutely huge um or
1: or your your casual ama with him where he just kind of shuts people down and he gives them two word answers and you're like nice thanks
0: no oh dude if you've ever been on his forum it's hilarious because somebody will just be like so what lens did you use and he's just like like one word answer just like this is the exact lens that i used or just like or just like yeah sometimes he'll literally just be like you're dumb stop <laughs> when somebody just asks, like, really stupid questions. And it's, it's not even, like, stupid questions. It's just, like, questions that you probably should know if you're going to... You could find in other places than asking Roger Deacons.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> um, but speaking about Roger Deacons, this kind of segues us into this important news. Uh, it is now the 10th anniversary of the Alexa camera system, which is super cool. So, for those of you who might not be as familiar, um, the Alexa, or the Ari Alexa, is a camera. It's a digital camera. It's made by Ari as a company. And it's been the workhorse of cinematographers and of the film world pretty much since it started. It Got its first feature film use, I think, on the film Hugo when it was being shot by Robert Richardson and it's, it's a Martin so Scorsese film. It's pretty. It's a, such a pretty <laughs> film and it was digital. And that's not to say it was the first digital uh, film or the first digital camera that I... Oh, I blanked. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, digital cameras were being used beforehand. One of the people who was really, really at the forefront of doing that on all of his uh pictures was uh david fincher he actually ended up shooting the first oscar nominated digital film which was uh the curious case of benjamin button which i think was shot on red on the red one
1: yeah isn't it like he has this whole thing with red like they build him his custom cameras whenever he needs to make. yeah
0: he's he's got like red is his thing which i also think is kind of odd that he, the director has a deal with the camera company when usually it's the cinematographer cuz they're the person doing that and that gets yeah. into a whole nother bucket of bolts cuz 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 uh Deacons has had huge connections with RE since the 90s right like oh yeah totally he's got prototypes on the mini on the uh studio on the LF on the mini LF like he's been getting the first like, 1917 doesn't happen unless Deacon's has the in with Ari. Uh, like, actually.
1: They, they open up like it's it's like, it's like a box opening almost. And he's like, oh, what do I get today? Oh, it's just the LF.
0: Oh, No, sorry. no, no, no. The oh. mini LF. The mini LF. Because oh, yeah, that's sorry. what he used on 17. LF. But, yeah. So, really, really important because it's been such a huge workhorse for the industry over the past few years. It's shot so, so many movies. Like, on uh, Ari's official press release about it, the list of movies that have been shot in the past, like, three, four years using it. Birdman, Gravity, Life of Pi, The Revenant, Spotlight, Moonlight, Shape of Water, Blade Runner 2049, Green Book, Roma, Parasite, 1917. And it's also interesting just because it hasn't even only been a huge revelation for the like filmmaking community it's also been a huge revelation for anybody making high-end video content like music videos imagine music videos the, the the ability that music videos have been able to increase their production value and increase the look and the ability to bring in people from the film world to now work in the music video world or in the television world because of the advent of digital cameras and in particular alexa because the alexa does so many things it's established cinema camera at this point and like the amount of dynamic range that it has which it they themselves clock it at 14 stops but depending upon the test there's been differences but the fact that you had a camera that came out in 2010 that had 14 stops and like only now within the past couple years are we getting cameras that are advertising more than that with like the red ranger and such or yeah. or even with the, uh, I think it's the Alexa 65, I think, has 16 stops. I think they, with the the increase uh, of the sensor, yeah. they were able to get some more out of it. But just the, the way that that sensor was made, the fall off, the ratios, the color, a really, really important thing that I think gets often overlooked is the RE false color exposure system on their camera, which has now become an industry standard across a number of things. Not the exact colors, but like, using false color has become massively influential across so many workflows and lighting on set and everything so just that one camera has been able to change so much about cinematography in such a short amount of time and it it deserves a a good 10-year anniversary
1: yeah yeah oh yeah i mean if, if there's anything that's gonna say that it ushered in the new era of what was going to happen in, in, in the industry. It was definitely that as, as the workhorse. I mean, there's a couple other cameras that are pretty notable from kind of that the, the turn of the early 21st century that have seemed to have made an impact. I mean, another one being the red one that you mentioned, but um, the red one never kept up. Like, it's still, like... It, well, it, it, got, it, it got it
0: got uh, inter iterations of it like it was evolved upon so like then you came mm-hmm. up with like the raven and the scarlet and now you're on to like the monstro and such
1: mm-hmm. but i mean you're you're talking about a, an industry that was predominantly it was it was film it was celluloid for at least over 100 years and uh it was fairly stagnant until a lot of people kind of came in with all these like digital cameras that didn't really seem to be doing quite as much as film was and now with the advent of of all these uh alexa cameras and uh and in other brands like red uh, you're starting to well, see yeah you got a, you got a lot comparable. of other,
0: i think i think you're right and like it was such a quick turnaround like i think the red one came out in 2008 or 2009 or something like that mm-hmm. um and that I think changed a lot, uh, because before then you had like, um, uh, what was it called? The, the Cine Alta series of cameras. That was a sort of co-production make between Sony and, uh, Panasonic, I believe.
1: Yes. That's one of those ones. I mean, something that has like that, that relevance, but isn't maybe necessarily the forefront of everything. Well, like those were
0: the cameras that were being used to shoot, uh, the star Wars movies. And, uh, there were certain films like, uh, uh what was fincher's movie before benjamin button
1: it probably zodiac
0: yes zodiac with jake gyllenhaal that was also shot on a cine Alta cam- camera i believe
1: yeah but see that doesn't count because technically fincher's first job was working on empire which means he worked on star wars which means ergo it's all just star wars in the end right that's how this works <laughs> i mean if, if, if you let your mind wander for a second i think everything just kind of ties itself back to star wars somehow.
0: well yeah probably but uh so you end up with that but then very quickly once the red one came out the Ari Alexa came out and then just within like five years film was obsolete pretty much like it was yeah. that fast and so i think it's interesting how all that came about also like the way that shooting has changed if you look at visual style of independent cinema if you look at the visual style of huge cinema now like the way that you're able to do things like if you've listened to any interviews that Roger Deakins has given about 1917 because it's a very popular film so there's been a lot talked about in terms of like the how the nuts and bolts of how it was made that movie doesn't get made in in film because you can't have a role last that long you can't get the like what if it doesn't feed properly and it jams like when it's being spun and rotated on this arm and the weight of it and the needing for wireless controls of the app of like everything on the camera and just so much about that film doesn't happen Mm -mm. if you don't have a digital camera but then even looking at like something like moonlight moonlight also doesn't get made if you don't have a digital camera like how do you get those shots with of them like in the water on the beach without having a nice small alexa camera so yeah
1: it's uh it's definitely something where it's like you can you can see where the strides have been made and for anybody that just doesn't any like your average film grower isn't going to be like oh i remember when things were film and things were digital like there there might be like a time where they kind of like they reminisce about it and they're like, I remember when I used to go to a camera store and this is what it was like. But to, when they were sitting in the theater, the, like the projectionist was doing their thing. And then one day everything just kind of swapped and it was like a seamless transition. I mean, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that a lot of independent theaters probably aren't too happy about or. <laughs> yeah, are still probably, kind not, of probably not. Probably not uh. And there's a lot of junkies that are definitely like, I want my 65 print or 70 millimeter print of Dunkirk. And it, it it looks really nice okay it looks really nice it it, it, it does look really good and it's it's a great auditorium but still still (laughs) it's one of those things where it's like unless you're kind of like actively searching it out it's something you don't really necessarily think about right so
0: and i think that kind of segues into our next part because we've been talking about the alexa for a while i was going to talk about the the fujifilm xt4 which came out uh really interesting looking camera i think it's the one of the sort of biggest cameras to have come out well all of this has been going on right um it was really highly anticipated as an upgrade from the xt3 which is a pretty well received really affordable uh mirrorless aps-c sized camera i know i i've been doing a lot of research into it because i was thinking about purchasing one and so so far the reviews have been really pretty pretty well received and it being a a solid usable camera if you're going to be shooting videos and such but it but that has capabilities to be able to create things that are maybe a bit more higher thought of like it's not something that's like oh I'm only going to do my wedding videos on this it's also something that like yeah, I can also shoot a short film on this or something like that yeah very yeah, very I mean, very different topics to go from Alexa which is like to buy an Alexa Mini right now just the body outright is like fifty thousand dollars US. To buy an yeah. XT four, it's I think it's
1: like, like twenty five hundred bucks.
0: No, it's less than that. <laughs> I think it's around oh, two thousand dollars well, yeah. right now. There you go. Just the body. Yeah. So very different, but like I think
1: It's yeah. it's a good it's a good foray into that if you're looking at something that is user geared that has Different options available to it, and you can change the lenses on it. It kind of gives you like a taste of what you think you might be in stores for with uh, with cinema cameras in the future. Like it's it's a good baby step. Like it it, like you said, it's good for music videos. It's good for small application. It's because it's a very run and gun type.
0: And the thing that I love about it is also the thing that so many people do love about the Alexa when they talk about the Alexa versus other cameras like the. Uh, panavision dxl2 or the red or whatever oh, it's the color science and fuji has really 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 great color science that is the same um they stick to an aps-c size sensor which i think gets a lot of bad rap um because people think about mirrorless full-size cameras they think about cameras like all the sony cameras or they think about cameras like some uh, like the eos r by canon right now which is a full-frame mirrorless camera and i think everybody goes oh but i have to have full i have to have full frame i have to have full frame i think when you're talking about photography yeah having full frame is very very useful especially if you're going to be doing anything uh, print or if you're going to be like upscaling your images to like Heck yeah. any size that's going to be bigger than putting it on youtube or something like that not YouTube. You don't put photos on YouTube. Um.
1: I'm going to make a slideshow. I just spent $5,000 on my camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, hit me up one day. Uh, I'm going to monetize my videos because uh, I'm going to make uh, – Like,
0: subscribe, uh, comment, and uh, cl- go to my Patreon. Com- go to my Patreon.
1: compilation, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kill me. Uh, but,
0: but no, yeah. like apSC gets a big – a bad rap but i think when it comes to video like aps-c is so similarly sized to uh the super 35 digital sensor when it comes to video they're very 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 similar but you get such a small package and still some pretty great uh quality out of the thing like that's one of the things that i love about the xt4 is that it's got an amazing 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 data rate like that data rate oh my god like the amount of data This might not be to everybody's taste, but like, dude, like, you can have the biggest (laughs) sensor in the world that you want, but if the, like, amount of, like, ones and zeros it can put on the SD card or CF card or whatever you want to call it, well, whatever Mm -hmm. you're using, isn't high enough, all that information that that sensor's capturing isn't going onto the card. Yeah. If you have a smaller sensor and a ridiculous, like, 200 400 megabits per second uh data transfer rate which like data speed which is what the xt4 has all of that information that's on that sensor that you can record in f log which is fuji's log uh format dude you're you can do whatever you want with that in post and not destroy it but if you're on like a an older sony full frame camera you might go like oh well i got a sony full frame camera but dude the data rate's like 50 or 100 megabits per second you're not going to be able to do half as much as what you're able to do so there's my yeah. two cents
1: do no know. No, it's, it's pretty sick it's a, it's a good insight into like i said like i mean you're talking about people that maybe aren't necessarily too well versed in what a camera can do or what it should be able to do and you, you, honestly you crunch the numbers at the end of the day and it's it's just it's, it's 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 like anything else like if if it's if it's there to do what it needs to do and you give it the power to do what it needs to do. then it really shows. That's that. that, that that's why there's. That's why there's a price tag behind it. You're not spending a hundred bucks on your Sony CyberShot camera, You're, <laughs> or or like a Canon Powershot camera. You're literally spending two thousand bucks on a machine that will literally munch an image, and it's it's there. Well, because I, I, it, it's 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 there to do something for you. Like yeah, and I
0: think, you. I think I think I think one of the problems that can come with uh, not one of the problems. One of the things that a lot of filmmakers, I think, can get misguided in is either not caring at all about their gear, trying to be like, the gear doesn't matter at all. I can shoot on my iPhone. Cough, cough, Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> Kill me. That's, that's
1: a discussion for another day. I... <laughs>
0: um, or Or they go way off the deep end and they're just like, I can't make anything unless I have a Red Ranger that's shooting on 8K. And it's like... N- you know you can you can make good stuff without the best and you can make better stuff if you have the tools to do it like i think
1: we're gonna make the irishman dude we need we need hydrocams (laughs) three alexa heads coming off to get infrared scans and plates of everything we shoot because that story
0: was 100 percent worth it
1: it totally was. I no, mean, it, wasn't. Really cool. no, it was really cool oh i that's oh dude i i think it was it's, it's phenomenal i i th- i think it's really cool i i it's pretty <laughs> after after the first scene in the movie i was a little iffy on it i was like i don't know how it's gonna look but by it's a three and a half hour runtime and by the end of it you're like which Joe Pesci was the right Joe Pesci? Like that's that's a genuine concern. I'm like, this man is old, but I don't know how old he is, because he looks old the entire time. I just don't know which degree of, of Joe Pesci is the right Joe Pesci. And that's that's something that I thought was really cool. I was I was baffled. No, but was you're like,
0: okay, but that's actually that's a problem, though, is you're thinking about the technical aspects of the film while you're watching the movie instead of no, you no, know no, just no, actually no, no. being that, interested in the that, story. No no,
1: no, 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 no. That was I was I was super involved in the story. Actually, I firm because we needed another we
0: needed another scorsese mob movie that's what we needed
1: well you're getting another one dude the killing (laughs) the flowers the sacred moon coming out in a year a 200 plus million dollar movie with leo (laughs) and and scorsese partnering up with your boy de niro for the first time ever the first time you've ever had his two big boys his two starters coming in neck and neck and uh, there's no relief pitcher
0: here you got two starters that's what you, we're doing
1: yeah you got two 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 starters uh something weird about a murder maybe during like i think it was vaudevillian times i think i think that's what's are they going
0: de-aging on. de niro again and could they not Man,
1: all i know is that paramount couldn't afford to pay for it so they had to get apple on board to help pay for this movie because <laughs> it keeps getting more expensive and oh wait, okay doesn't care
0: what was the last what was there was I'm trying to think of the last de Niro movie where I was like, oh de Niro actually looks like he's enjoying himself
1: <laughs> bad grandpa <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it was um some stupid rom-com with like uh uh what's her name Anne Hathaway oh because oh. that movie's actually so much the intern the intern the I intern, just yeah. looked it up that movie is yeah. a lot of fun yeah we'll say yeah, was, that movie's a yeah. lot of fun.
1: That's cute. I heard good things about that. My boy Chris Stockman, one of my favorite uh, online movie critics, he he, I think he enjoyed that.
0: Wait, De Niro's in the Artemis Fowl movie?
1: Uh, that's going straight to Disney Plus soon.
0: And there's a movie called The War with Grandpa?
1: I have no idea what that's about. If it's got Zach Efron, I'm running away. <laughs> it's a family
0: comedy <laughs> film directed by Tim Hill starring Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken, and Oakes Fegley. Oh boy. Ah. Uh, who's Oaks Fegley? Man, I don't oh, it's know. like a 15-year-old child. Who's in Oh, he was in The Goldfinch. Okay.
1: Oh, another movie that nobody watched.
0: <laughs> Uma Thurman's in this? Oh, no.
1: Rip Rip Roger Deakins. Uh he's 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 alive, but I mean Shout outs, uh, Roger Deacons, for DPing uh, two movies in one year and one of them being The Gold fit.
0: <laughs> Apparently, it's really pretty, though.
1: I believe it, but. I, mean, I actually haven't people... seen
0: it because I don't think a lot of people have seen it.
1: There's too much to watch. I, I'm going to. Oh, I'm dude, that's, make, I'm that's gonna, a put, problem.
0: That's something that, we got to talk about.
1: Put, put that disclaimer out there right now. Uh, I am 22 years old. And I have seen almost 2,000 movies in my life. Almost 2,000. I'm like at like 1,800 or something stupid like that. So I'm not close, but I'm getting there. That's 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 it's stupid. There's too many <laughs> things to watch, man. I and you I don't can't. really
0: watch TV, do you?
1: No, that's almost strictly movies. Like I yeah, I watch a t-
0: lot more TV than you, which is why I have not seen anywhere near the amount of movies that you have.
1: I could count on two hands how many complete series i've watched most of the mini series too so like i've i'm talking like i mean that's so let's move on let's move on to that
0: now because we were going to talk about movies and stuff so what we want to do with this segment at the end of the podcast is we want to talk about a specific film and that richard and i will both watch and we'll let you guys know in advance so that you guys can watch but seeing as how we can't let you know in advance for this time uh, Richard and I are just going to talk about some movies that we've been watching during quarantine or some TV shows. And uh, But for next week, we're going to watch Lion, the 2016 yeah. film uh, by, uh, what was his name? Garth Davis is the director. The DP is uh, Greg Frazier. Greg Fraser, notably, who just shot uh, Dune and the new Batman movie. So, and the uh, Mandalorian and uh, all the Star
1: Wars movies. I'm, I'm sorry. I I, I can't. I, I got to give him props. The man's actually oh, a workhorse right now. Dude, <laughs> he's stupid. shooting a
0: lot of great movies right now. Garth uh, Davis hasn't done a ton since this, but it's got Dev Patel, Nicole Kidman, Rooney Mara.
1: Was that for a lot of Oscars a couple years ago? Yeah, so it uh, came out in
0: 2016. Uh, what was it nominated? Oh, wait. Did it get... It got a best picture nomination. I didn't yeah. know that.
1: Yeah, but, that's why it's it was quite popular.
0: Yeah, it got also like Nicole Kidman and Dev Patel both got uh acting nominations, had good music apparently. So like that's one of the movies that we're going to watch. It's available on Netflix, at least it is available on Netflix here in Canada. I don't know if it's going to be available on Netflix in other places, but VPNs are a thing.
1: I can I'm I got Canadian Netflix and I can see it's on Canadian Netflix, so
0: I literally just said that, Richard.
1: Well, I had the, <laughs> the Netflix sounds going on in my ears. I, all I heard was Space Force going blah 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 I was like I can't listen to a podcast. Uh,
0: Did you watch Space Force?
1: no you just you just talked about i don't watch tv shows that's
0: a really good point so so what is something that you've watched actually no you have watched a tv show during quarantine or at least you finished it Uh, yeah
1: (laughs) i watched game of thrones dude uh which was actually phenomenal i props again to the entire creative team uh i'm sorry for anybody that doesn't agree with me i do thoroughly enjoy the eighth season of the show um, there, I guess there. I have my gripes with small things, but as a, as a whole, I think I, I didn't have any major issues with it because I watched it pretty consistently. I wasn't like, oh, I'm waiting a year. I get six episodes, and then I was like, what do you mean nothing that that thing that happened? Oh no. Um, so no, no, no. Like I, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had, like, thankfully, there was no real spoilers uh, that had happened. Uh, or that anybody had told me about ahead of time so when i was going into it it was like a fresh experience and um it was a it was a great time really really connecting with the characters that ended up living in the end because <laughs> there aren't many there aren't many i'm surprised that there were as many as there were by season eight i i, I will say that but there was there it was it was a really good time It's
0: really good time yeah I've, I've, I've only seen i think up to the to the fourth season i think that's when i stopped watching there's a pretty high uh, attrition rate of main characters at that point
1: yeah bro oh my gosh uh man yeah, season four especially there's a lot of drama that goes on between those those big houses I mean I, that is kind of, know, the not, of the point of the show not, not even gonna go there not even gonna go there that's a, that's a whole can of worms because as soon as somebody mentions like season four episode five i'm like oh i remember exactly what happened like it just takes me back I'm like no 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 no. i don't need that right now i don't need that <laughs> but
0: yeah think, so what, what are some of that. the movies that you have been watching i think
1: uh yeah i i got got around to watching quite a bit um one thing I really wanted to do was watch a lot of, uh, go back and revisit some of the best picture films. Uh, It's something I've been doing a little bit. Uh, I've been watching a lot of new stuff, a lot of old stuff. I watched Capone. I rented that. It's kind of cool. Did you spend
0: money on that movie?
1: I did. I did. And I didn't, I, I don't regret spending money on it. I did not like it, but I don't regret spending money on it because I am about supporting the creatives and it is very important. Uh, I watched uh, some movies on Disney Plus, uh, most notably Onward. I got around to finally watching Motherless Brooklyn just the other day, which was really cool. Uh, but wait, I think wait, what did I, you watch? Motherless Brooklyn?
0: Oh, what's Motherless Brooklyn?
1: Uh, that is Edward Norton's directorial debut. Uh,
0: wait, didn't that come out at TIFF uh, this year?
1: Uh, this past year, I think so. Yeah, yeah it would have been like a festival circuit thing. I didn't really see much. Um, uh, Acclaim to the Masses. I mean, you watch it, and it, it does some really interesting things. Um, I will applaud him for being able to take some heavy-handed, like, source material. Or is it source material? I don't know. Did He, he didn't write this. I'm pretty sure it came from a book.
0: I thought he wrote uh, it. Or no, he might it's, have it's ba- wrote the screenplay.
1: Yeah, it's it's based off a, a, a novel. But it's like a, a 40s, 50s uh, crime drama based in New York, Uh very interesting motives from all the characters, kind of like a, a cat and mouse type sort of uh, PI investigation story, but the the lead character, Ed Norton, is, is uh, let me find his name here, uh, Lionel, uh, Detective Lionel, uh, has or suffers from Tourette syndrome at a time when most people didn't really know what that was, or so they say in the movie, so he kind of goes out and bouts and kind of, like, can't control what's going on in his head. But because of that, he has this thing where he has fantastic memory and puts together puzzle pieces. So this whole murder mystery sort of idea is something that he just can't get his his mind off of. So it was. It was. It was. It was different. It was interesting. Uh, wasn't my favorite, but uh, I will say the music by Tom York, most notably from Radiohead. Uh, he did the whole score for the movie. Fantastic. Oh he's my gosh. He's getting
0: into doing the scores now, isn't he?
1: So good. So good. Oh my gosh, Tom York, so good. I I've 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 seen a few of his movies that he's done work on, and I am oh I it just can't get over. It. It's it's a lot. Um,
0: okay, but the real really, question. But the real question. Who did the better "Suspiria" score, Tom York or Goblin? That's the real tough question.
1: Uh, <laughs> I can't. They're so different. I know. S- "Suspirium" as a song, like the, the the one of the main tracks from from the soundtrack. Oh my gosh, it is so good. I could listen to that song all day. Like that's like the whole s- score fantastic, but Suspirium as an individual song, I could literally listen to day in and day out. And then like again, like the the main Suspiria theme by Goblin is it's much longer it's like I think what six seven minutes long well yeah I think longer. that's where
0: you get into the differences of like Tom York like came from a background of like making songs that are good to listen to just as a radio
1: dude and he also he does all the lyrics for his own music like I mean you, you he's like a one-man band you just hear him singing and doing his own thing and it's it's this really melancholic sort of strange 21st century sort of vibe but also it has those are you just describing
0: the past three radiohead albums wait a second am i (laughs) on something here (laughs)
1: but uh i mean they're all great i mean him johnny uh johnny greenwood who's also composing these days uh, most exclusively for Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, he's got some really good stuff. But getting sidetracked, I think the one of my favorite movies during uh, this quarantine time that I had a chance to really catch up on, uh, I had a chance to rent uh, Cold War by, uh, uh, forgive me if I say this wrong, pa- Powell, pa- Powell Likowski. <laughs> uh, he's Polish. and Most of the cast and, and crew are predominantly Polish. He was actually up for... The best foreign language film at the Oscars, I believe, last year. Uh, no, oh, two, two years, years ago. ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Because last year was um, Parasite. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and the only reason why Cold War didn't win was because of Roma, which swept like every other category anyways. But I totally believe, personally, personally, and again, I have no gripes with anybody me? else's opinion. I, I, I much enjoyed... Cold War more than I enjoyed Roma. I can respect Roma for all the technical achievements that it was, but I think Cold War, in my opinion, was a better narrative and a way, I was just, it was just, it was a really good story. An hour and a half. It's uh, mostly in in uh, Polish, but there are a few other languages that they dibble dabble in. And the lead actress, uh, Joanna Kulig, uh, was in a TV show Netflix did the other day called uh, The Eddie, which, again, she speaks, like, four languages in. So it's really interesting to see these actors that are coming out being versed in and fluent in, in like, several different languages that are just seamlessly popping in and out and uh, are, can also act really well at the same time, something I really enjoyed. Anyway, yeah, I don't know what you got.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, just in terms of what I've been watching? yeah. I've been watching a I've been watching a fair amount of TV. I have been watching some movies. So lately, I watched. I finally got around to watching Marriage Story.
1: Ah, yes. I, well, I had
0: been avoiding it because of how sad it, I had heard it was, and then I watched it, and then I went, "Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> it's really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sad."
1: Wow, this is uh, very distressful.
0: <laughs> I yeah, do not it's, feel good it's after. Not this. A, well, I love. I I personally really 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 enjoy a movie that can make me feel something like that. I yes. think that's one of the that's something that I usually use as like a grading tool almost for like how much I like that movie is like did it actually really get me to evoke an emotion and an emo- evoke a feeling and so Marriage Story, really great movie. The acting is impeccable, the directing is impeccable, the blocking is impeccable, the lighting <laughs> and the cinematography, it's very very interesting. I wouldn't say it's necessarily impeccable the lighting and cinematography but that's kind of the point of it as well. It's
1: yeah, it's 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 just the story of two people.
0: Well, like also I think it's just really interesting cuz what it was um what's his name? Robbie Ryan?
1: Hmm. Oh, the DP you're talking. Yeah, about? the
0: the DP yeah. is a very very the cinematographer is really really interesting. His name is Robbie Ryan. He's a an Irish cinematographer who the previous year was the cinematographer for The Favourite. Uh, which is a movie I absolutely love, and I absolutely love the look of. But then other things that he's shot, like he shot uh, American Honey, but um, also most notably is he shot the short film Wasp, which was a hugely important and influential uh, artistic look at England in the early two thousands, and the way that it was shot was like super, um, like super super lifelike and real. Like I think they used like. Uh, really really low quality film or like vhs cam almost and all like really really hard natural sources and just really really interesting film but very very different from the favorite or from marriage story and i just love a cinematographer who's able to make films speak on their own like you don't end up with a guy who um is very very well known for doing one thing over and over again um you end up with somebody who's just really really good at making movies hello yeah
1: yeah no, no i'm still here i'm still I'm, I'm I'm just listening to what you're saying oh so. no
0: i saw you doing your thing with your uh your 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 headphone and i was like oh is something wrong no, no, i'm just checking the audio <clears> also, so. yeah and then um another thing that i watched i've been watching a lot of the tv so uh i watched uh normal people which i've been trying to get you to watch because it's so freaking great <laughs> Uh, of course normal people well there's there's a lot of interesting stuff about it so it's a it's a book adaptation that they turned into a television series uh which i think is really interesting and um the way that they went about approaching it so the uh, executive producer and the director of the first six episodes is um oh god i cannot remember his name
1: (laughs) sorry i can't help you here (laughs) i'm so Uh, out of it
0: uh lenny abramson yes lenny abramson uh who you might know as the director of the room room from 2015 so he's got a really good track record of taking really really well-loved books turning them into really really well-loved pieces of media and so he wanted to go for a, uh, a television series this time, though, because it kind of worked in, like, the way that the book progressed. And so, like, each episode also is only 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Actually, some of them are even shorter than that. Some of them are barely 20 minutes long. And the idea was to make it feel like, as a viewer, you're reading a chapter of a book. Like, you're not watching this, like, hour-long episode that's almost a TV series, like, almost a movie length. Kind of like say with like sherlock because they could have done something like that right because it is oh, a totally. limited series mm-hmm. but they went for these shorter things we so thought was really interesting and then just the way that they went about making it, it's it's been getting a lot of comparisons to um the before trilogy by richard linklater because it's really just a very very focused series about these two people it's a it's a it's like a ya rom-com well not even rom-com it's not funny it's a ya romance book pretty much would be like the way that you would surfle surface level describe it but it's it's shot like in the absolute opposite way of say like the notebook and the way the characters act is completely different like it's the whole point of it was to make it really really real and really really raw and really really natural and authentic and there's so much handheld camera movement and close-ups and like long takes and wides, and not a lot of dialogue and like really really natural lighting and like just so many well natural looking but like so many ways that I thought were really interesting that you have this guy that came from independent Irish cinema and came from feature filmmaking now applied to like the YA romance and you get a really 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 strong narrative with these extremely competent filmmaking skills and you combine them and it's like bam it's so well made
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah i mean he's a very talented artist through and through um i mean you're talking about abramson uh, he's definitely been kind of coming through different channels like he, he made his way through uh if i'm not mistaken he was he was in the uk and then kind of popped his way through uh the uh the hollywood system
0: yeah, because he, he, he kind of got into the Hollywood system with uh, Room, but he also made Frank the year before he made Room, which was starring um, Domhnall Gleeson and Maggie Gyllenhaal and Michael Fassbender. So you got some pretty well-known actors in that film, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's definitely something that's kind of uh, picked up steam. I, I think his name is definitely going to kind of tread around a lot of uh, – uh what are they called um streaming services in the future for sure
0: yeah so that's one thing that's also interesting about normal people is that it is a uh it's a hulu bbc3 co-production shot in ireland so with support from the irish uh film board i think so you've got three different countries coming together and then they have an entire episode shot in italy and it's like dude the 12 episodes with that level of uh artistry and like another thing that happens in the series is you have a lot of very intimate scenes because it's a romance series right of course of course. so but then like coming at this a rom-com you... dude it's
1: a rom-com <laughs> but you and you and
0: i have made shorts and such before though we understand how difficult it is to have the time to be able to make something look great and to be able to give the attention, and so if you have uh, uh, an intimate scene that needs to be done in a certain way, so that everybody's comfortable and that you get the best product out of it, like that takes a lot of time. And then you're doing these long takes, and you're doing it in all these different locations, and it's just like I'm 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 amazed in the craft of it. Oh totally,
1: yeah, and and that's that's something that kind of shines through. That's that's the difference between. I feel like uh, a generalist, like just your average everyday movie goer, or even like a lot of online film critics. Like, I, they're great people, great personalities, but like often they look at stuff very surface level. And I'm I, I, again, I'm, I'm not trying to like poke fun at anything, but like some people are purely out there to just say I like this movie, and that's how it went. Like, I it's a thumbs up, thumbs down sort of scenario. They're not. They're like, it either evoked something to me or it kind of put an image in my head where it stood out to me for some reason. It could just be because it was a rainy day outside and they saw something sad and they were like, yo, this this resonated with me for a reason. But uh, you you really begin to appreciate things when you've kind of worked on it uh and you kind of uh you get this, this this sort of respect for the people behind the camera and there's there's a lot of times where you're like this might not have turned out quite as well as you had hoped or it turned out way better than you expected but it, it, it all comes down to actually like putting the time and effort into to creating it because at the end of the day it's somebody's livelihood and somebody's work so
0: yeah it's it's it is i think like you and i have never made big budget feature films or television series or anything like that of course not right we are very very low scale but we've made things where we put a lot of time and effort into it and it was crash and it was trash and we
1: it was crash crash is trash no, i'm just kidding <laughs> crash <laughs> is trash
0: fuck that movie um, <laughs> but like we've we've uh you d- you definitely do get that appreciation and so yeah like there's other things there's other things that i've watched i i really liked uh end of the fucking world which is a great uh little uh netflix uh show no but like i'm i'm very much like a guy who like like a a film where like because sometimes you'll look at a movie and you'll be like that's a film festival type of movie and i'm that guy who likes the film festival types of movies (laughs) and fast and furious Uh... because (laughs) i
1: no it's okay i'm just kidding i I, they're, they're guilty pleasure at times so
0: oh i Depends don't the like day. they're not they're not good movies but they're fun movies and sometimes yeah, well. movies just have to be fun
1: <laughs> thanks again for listening everybody uh hopefully we'll we'll kind of come up with a release schedule as to like when we think we're gonna start putting out episodes but uh we're definitely gonna try and watch lion for the next time and talk about it uh, and come up with some more relevant topics that are kind of in the media at the moment and some other movies that we kind of enjoy at the time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, my name is Richard. Thanks for listening.
0: I'm Declan. Also, thank you for listening.
1: Yeah. And uh, until next time, take it easy, guys.